Hey, Bird, we're back. Hey, we did it. We're back again. We're back again. Episode two. That is not bad. Terrific. And there you go. Uh, hey, you right how, about, how about your read game? Your advertisement read game? That's pretty strong. Yeah, that was a pretty clean read. It only took me about four hours of editing to make it sound clean, but it sounded pretty professional. <laughs> Hey, well, uh, we are without James today. That's for anyone who's listening. He's gallivanting across the globe in Germany at Oktoberfest. Um, so yeah, poor guy. it's just, just Bird, just Joe today. Um, we wanted to get this podcast out to you because practice has started. We are a month away from the college basketball season. And Bird, this is a podcast we've been wanting to do for a while, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we've been ready to do this one for, for quite a bit. Um, just things haven't lined up, but we're ready to go. You got any... Uh... You drinking any all days tonight or anything? No, no, no. I, for the first couple podcasts until we get this down, I'm going to try to lay off uh, any uh, enhanced performance enhancing beverages. Oh. All right, I like it. I, I'm, but, I have an eight o'clock meeting tomorrow, so I'm on that on water. On on that water train. Oh my god, I like it. Hey, yeah. um, uh, this podcast is going to be our freshman one, so we've been we've been talking about this one for a while. Um, Here's the thing. We're not going to just go by your uh, your top 100 list that you find online uh, on different recruiting sites. What Bird and I have done and with James's input, we've gone ahead and taken all of the freshmen and we've kind of analyzed them from a DFS impact standpoint. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to look at who's going to have the biggest impact, highest usages, uh, who's mm-hmm. going to help us win all the money this year. Right. So this isn't a straight, this is the best freshman in the nation. You know, um, this is going to be more from a DFS slant. What we did is between the three of us, we got a a list of 20 names um, that we're going to run through. Um, We're going to run through our top 20 impact freshmen for DFS purposes. And we're going to start that here in just a minute. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start. uh, You want to start at the top? Let's let's start with the top guys. Let's go right from number one down to 20. I, I like it. Why don't we alternate odds and evens? Okay, how about I go first? Uh, I'll get us started um, about down in Chapel Hill in North Carolina with yes. Cole Anthony. So uh, we have him rated number one. We do. We have Cole Anthony number one on our list, uh, the son of Greg Anthony, who, uh, you know, Joe, you and I used to watch the 90 UNLV teams with Greg Anthony. and We're not supposed to talk oh, that's about right. that. That's right. We're, we're not that old. We heard stories about the, the teams, oh. right? Yes, yes. And we watched the YouTube highlights. The, the YouTube was around back then, right? I, yeah, I think so. It had to yeah. be, right? Uh, and yeah, so a little bit different level of athleticism with Cole Anthony than, than Greg Anthony. This guy can just jump out of the gym. He's going to be so fun to watch. You know, they lost Kobe White. They lost Cam Johnson. They lost Luke May. Uh, yep. Yep. He's going to have the ball in his hands all game long. Because, yeah, there, there's nobody else there. Yeah, the, the supporting cast is, is way different. Um, you know, Kobe White's usage last year was 26%, 24% assist rate. What What is Cole Anthony's going to be? I mean, it's going to be huge. 30%. Well, and and Bert, Bert, you're a Roy Williams guy from Kansas. I mean, yeah. allegedly, you were a fan of Kansas when Roy Williams was there. Depends on how old we are. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Roy needs a, a point guard for his system to thrive, correct? Yeah, he does. I mean, and this is, this is such a good fit. They've got an alpha... Uh, you know, Roy will talk about defense in the press conferences all day long, but all he wants to do is score. I mean, he just wants to outscore people and, and Cole Anthony is going to give him, put him in a great position to do that. He's going to be so fun to watch. So excited. Um, for sure. And, and, you know, we did mention that James is gone. He's normally our ACC guy. I'm sure he has a ton of hot takes, but he definitely, uh, 
sided with us when we thought about Cole Anthony and really his opportunity to be number one on our DFS relevance list. Yeah, I feel like if James was here, he'd do some type of like J. Cole hip hop reference and say the <laughs> ACC is going to be a Cole world this year. Or, you know, oh, you know, something no. Like that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, my hip hop's a little rusty. So, I, I, you know, unless we're going to talk about Outcast or how good of a rapper right. CeeLo was, then, then we probably should skip that. Right. We'll just we'll move past all that. Hey, I'm going to move on to number two. Cole Anthony, number one, DFS freshman. Number two, we have the Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards. He is our freshman guard at Georgia. Uh, I'm sure you've seen uh, the highlights or you've heard the name. Um, his nickname is Ant-Man, and this kid is hes legit. He's thick. He looks like an NBA player. He looks ready to go. And you think about Crean and some of the two guards he's had in the past with Victor Oladipo and, and D-Wade. This is his type of – this is another one of those guys. He's probably a one-and-done, but he's all of a sudden making Georgia basketball must-see must TV. He's, he's going to be that good. Yeah, I think Tom Crean last year talked a lot about – I mean, he was kind of done with last year. He was right. so looking forward to moving on to this year. And and you can see why. I mean, Anthony Edwards looks like the real deal. I think your comparisons with Oladipo and Wade are are just awesome. They make complete sense. And, and I think Hammonds is back down low. Yep. Um, and, and the ACC or the SEC is maybe slightly down this year. So they'll be fun to watch. I mean, at least it's going to be it, they're going to be an enjoyable team. Oh, yeah, they'll be live, too. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch those games for sure. Yeah, I like that one a lot at number two. Those 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 top two guys are just they're so good, and and probably the third one on that top tier, uh, number three on our list is James Wiseman from Memphis. Mm-hmm. I think he was number one recruit on he the was. majority of of rankings. He is, and the reason why we have James Wiseman at three because a double double instantly is not someone you would you're going to shake a stick at. But we don't know how often we're going to get Memphis on our slates, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's We're going to exactly get almost right. every North Carolina game on the slates, right? Memphis, AAC, sometimes we don't necessarily get a lot of that conference. Um, so that's the main reason why James Wiseman comes in at number three on our list. Yeah, I think talent-wise, you know, he's certainly up there with those other guys. But, yeah, I think you're right. We just won't see him as much. Um, that, that, that Memphis team, just in general, they could be one of the only – they could be the fourth team ever – to start four freshmen basically all year long. You know, the Fab Five did it in 91. Uh, Kentucky's done it twice. Um, but Memphis mm-hmm. is looking, you know, Boogie Ellis can start at the point guard. Lester Quinones, uh, Precious Achua, five-star stud uh, player for Memphis. DJ Jeffries and then Wiseman. They are so loaded. I don't think Penny Hardaway can coach his way out of a wet paper bag, but we're going <laughs> to find out. We're going to find out. We're so going to gonna find out for much. sure. Yeah, we got Achua 13 on our list, but I, I think we can kind of yeah. cover him here. Um, with with the Wiseman talk, but Chu was supposed to slide into that four spot and be a nice versatile player. Uh, yeah, again, I think that Memphis team will be really fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see how they grow. Yeah, as, you know, Wiseman. Uh, I think he was, ended up being down to Duke and Duke and Memphis, and so surprisingly, you know, Duke, Duke doesn't lose many battles, but they ended up they they got number four on our list in, in Vernon Carey mm-hmm. Jr., six ten, two hundred and seventy five pound big man. Uh, he he's a load. He is he is a load, but I think I think when we were talking about this pre-show bird, one of the things that we wanted to make sure rang loud and clear: Vernon Carey Jr. is not Zion Williamson, right? Ooh. And James likes to talk about this um, when when he's on the pod. Is they, they were generational talents at Duke last year with Zion and R.J. Barrett and even Cam Reddish to a lesser extent. Cam Reddish was a star; he was just on a team with two mega superstars. Um, so when we get to the Duke guys um, like Vernon Carey Jr. Um, we're not talking about a one-to-one replacement for Zion who's going to be 10-5, you know, every week on the slate. 
Kerry Jr. is a good player. He's going to get a lot of double doubles and do a lot of good things for Duke. But this isn't someone we're going to be able to set our watch to. I think there's going to be more ebbs and flows with this one. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a great point. Uh, you know, we, we did some pods with Benny Heisler last year and yeah, and he Benny. did the, the fantasy sports markets and you played Zion and you played RJ every slate, no matter what, didn't matter. Yeah. That Not the case with, with Vernon Carey, very good player, very solid player, could easily average a double-double. I think they'll run the mm-hmm. offense through him. Uh, but yeah, not on the same level as, as the guys from last year. Right. Let's go out west, Bird. Uh, yeah, let's go out west. Uh, Nico Mannion is our number five on our list, point guard uh, from Arizona. And just your classic kind of table setter, right? Your, your true point guard. Uh, McDonald's All-American, averaged 30 points, six rebounds, six assists in high school. That's uh, a lot. 6'3", so he's got the size. Uh, we know Brandon Coleman's out for the year this year. So th- yeah. this is Nico's team, and they have a lot of talent there, really. Uh, you know, Sean Miller faded the FBI, had a good recruiting class come in, and <laughs> Uh, I, I think they're going to be really fun to watch. This is a much better Arizona team this year, one that we're, we're more accustomed to. There's another kid on that team, too, that we really like. Didn't quite make our list, but... Um, yeah, Josh Green. So Josh Green's the yep. five-star small forward. So there's been a lot of you know videos on Twitter and things like that of some of his dunks from their Midnight Madness. Yeah, And he is just an ultra, ultra athlete. Um, we don't have him on our top 20. He'd probably be 21, 22. You know, he, right. He's going to be a very good player. It's probably going to take him a little bit more time to adjust. But he's got the athleticism. Yeah, no. Uh, so I've heard nothing but good things about Nico, and I'm looking forward to really watching him play on a consistent basis, something outside of a highlight package, you know. Yeah, um, but he's, we got stay a unique, he's got a, a unique look as well. So I think I think the, the viewers will be just kind of naturally drawn to him. I, I think they'll, they'll be a lot of fun to watch. The Pac-12, and I continue to say it, but – it's an improving conference, and I think it's going to be a really, really fun conference to watch this year. Well, it's loaded with freshmen, and number six on our list is Isaiah Stewart, who one of our Twitter followers, Walter, really likes. But Isaiah Stewart is going to come in and be kind of the man at Washington right away, isn't he? Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I, Mike Hopkins was talking about how he's one of the most college-ready players that he's had before, you know, physically mature kid, 6'9", 245 pounds. And what Hopkins talked about was Thick. his motor. So, yeah, big, strong kid, but works his ass off, right? I mean, just relentless, hard worker. We know he's going to get rebounds. We know he's going to block shots in the middle of that 2-3 zone. Uh, If his offensive game can come around a little bit, uh, I mean, he could be uh, a fantastic player for them and, and, and a future pro. Yeah, no, I, I've heard nothing but good things about him. And, and I, 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 you think he's a one and done? I, I think so. I think he probably will be. You know, they lost Noel. They lost Thibel, uh They lost uh, Dickerson. They lost Crisp. So he, he's going to have to play 30 right. minutes oh. a game. He's going to get featured. He should be, you know, in the middle of that 2-3 zone. He should be able to just do a ton of damage. Stats should be there. And and he's just such a physical body that and NBA looks for potential, and, and that's what he's got. Yeah, the body's NBA ready. You know, he's just, it's just a matter of it does does everything on the, does the talent match, does the production match the talent, which it sounds like it's going to pretty easily with him. Yeah, I think so. So a lot of these guys that we've hit on already are kind of your, your higher ranked uh, on, on most ranking sites, you know, in the top sure. 10 of, of the majority of them. Uh, the guy we have on number seven here is probably a little bit lower uh, than those guys. You want to hit on uh, old Trendon Watford a little bit here from LSU? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Watford, he, he came in the 30s on most, but from a DFS perspective, which again, that's what our rankings were ba- based off of. From a DFS perspective, I really, really like this fit because – LSU is a team that lost Naz Reed, who was kind of their uh, big boy down low and got a lot of their usage and a lot of their shot percentage. Um, he, uh, Trenton Walford's going to slide right into that spot. 
and he is a very similar to Reed, very big, very fluid, very athletic. Um, but he's got a little more, a little more bite, maybe a little more dog in him. He likes to take oh, it. To I the like top. that. I think, uh, I think that, uh, I think that Watford's going to step into that role and really kind of take that, take that front court up a notch than from where it was at last year. Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, Nas looked like he was just a monster out there, but he was, you know, sometimes he would be a little bit passive and well, they so shoot I, the I three a little bit. So yeah, I, I like that. I like him slotted in there at seven. I think it's higher than most people would expect, but. Right. But it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Mays and Smart are going to be the guys on the wing for that team. You know, they're going to they're going to run the show offensively, but they're going to need that presence down low. And I think that he's going to step in and be that and fit it real well. We're we're already at number eight and I haven't mentioned any of the Kentucky guys. So what I want to do is take number eight and just apply it to all the Kentucky freshmen. But most notably, um, Tyrese Maxey. Um, and then they have a slew of these six, seven wings like uh, Whitney and Brooks that are coming in that also could step up. But for number eight, let's focus really on Tyrese Maxey, because I think as a combo guard, he can come in and be their leading scorer this year. Yeah, Kentucky lost a lot of a lot of scoring from last year. Yeah. Um, so, so I think this makes a lot of sense. And like you said, there, he doesn't really have a natural competitor. Um, at that shooting guard position to lose minutes to. Um, no. so I, I, I like that. You know, the, the Kentucky freshmen are always going to make some noise, but this one seems like he's probably going to get the majority of the minutes. I mean, he's going to slide into the hero spot, you know, and he's going to get all the, he's going to get the, the unlimited green light. You know, it's, it's going to be one of those things, but this is a team again that lost four players who averaged double digits and they're going to need to replace that scoring. I think defensively, they're going to be very, very good. Um, but offensively, Maxi is going to need to step up and he definitely has the ability to do that. That's the nice thing. We can cheat. if It's our own tw- top 20 list. If we want to put two people at number eight, we can do it. It's our podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's right. It's it's all of Kentucky at number eight, um, <laughs> but the focus on Maxie um, with a nod to Whitney and Brooks. So why don't you get on to number nine for us? Uh, number nine, you know, Big Big 12, one of, one of my conferences, uh, Jamius Ramsey. So again, uh, kind of like Watford. Another guy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not not a guy who is who is super highly rated, but he's he's the next heir apparent, right? So Zaire Smith was there, um, Jarrett Culver was there, uh, and, and now it's Ramsey's it's Ramsey's turn, and I think he's the one who's going to be kind of have that scoring burden uh, to, to carry this year. Morietti is going to help him, you know, obviously a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the transfers, Chris Clark and TJ Hollifield are going to be there. Uh, Ramsey's going to be the guy who's going to be putting up double digit shots. He scored forty points in one of their overseas games uh, this summer, and, wow. and so he's already showing. That, that he has a massive, massive ceiling. Chris Beard is one of the best coaches in basketball. He's going to put him in a position to be successful. Yep. And, and so I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be fun to watch it. Now, yeah. would you would you think, uh, do, you, do you have any concerns about Ramsey maybe starting slower? Do you think he gets that nod at the at the guard spot right away? I, I think he'll start right away, uh, but I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be some some inconsistency, especially early on. Yeah, yeah, but Beard's done a great job of bringing in uh, young players and, and, and transfers and, and having them gel. I don't think they're as talented as they've been in the past. Um, and, and so I do think it's going to take them a little bit of time. Uh, November, December might have some rough stretches there. I could definitely see. But but come March, my guess is they're going to be one of those teams you don't want to see on your side of the bracket. Yeah, well, that, that's going to becoming an annual theme with Texas Tech now. Yeah, it is. Um, number 10, um, we're back to Duke again, and I want to talk a little bit about Matthew Hurt. 
Um, and just kind of like Vernon Carey is in Zion, Matthew Hurt isn't going to be RJ. You know, he, he's a stretch four. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to knock down threes. Um, but this is a, a really good player on a team that needs offense, and he's someone who does a lot of good things. Um, and as a freshman, is going to be very DFS playable. But, you know, this isn't going to be a 10,000 every week, every night, RJ Barrett type player. Yeah, it's kind of nice from a DFS perspective that we don't have that do I, do I spend a, a fifth of my bankroll on True. on a Duke player? You know, because they're just they're not going to be as expensive this year. Uh, Matthew Hurt's going to be a nice fit. You've got Vernon Carey down low, who's that traditional five big man, mm-hmm. and then you've got Hurt who can who can space the floor and, and beat you from outside. Uh, so I think it's a really good fit on that team. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he'll be very successful. But yeah, these, these guys just, aren't Zion. They aren't RJ, and and that's not a, a bad thing. That's just those guys were were such generational talents that right. It's just different. And and just to kind of close the door on Duke, because, you know, we closed the door on Kentucky earlier. And when you're talking to freshmen, you can talk to those two, those two teams, uh, an entire pod to those two teams. Um, but we also want to call out Cassius Stanley and Wendell Moore, another couple of uh, wing players that they got coming in that should be um, special and someone to monitor early to see what kind of minutes they're getting. And uh, some one of those guys is going to flourish. And you want to be you want to get in early on those from a DFS perspective. Yeah, Moore sounds like he's a kind of a legit scoring guy, and then Stanley's just an athletic freak. He broke Zion Williamson's uh, vertical record. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, yeah, I mean we all know how athletic Zion is. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're they're going to be fun to watch. Uh, Coach K will have them in a good position down the road, and obviously with stability at point guard. Fun to hate watch. You know, like dang it, they're good. I really hate them. That sort of stuff. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Well, a team that we that we do enjoy, you know, is is any Jay Wright team. I think we've always got kind of a soft spot in our heart for Jay Wright and uh, Jeremiah. I'm still Robinson using Earl. I'm still using Dove soap because of Jay Wright. Yeah, I mean he, man, what a dreamboat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is number eleven on our yes. list. Uh, he, I thought, was going to go to Kansas for a long, long time, and he went to Villanova, and he'll yeah, be awesome there. We need a we need one of those sad trombone drops for later, like wah wah wah. <laughs> um, but Robinson Earl, yeah, he actually played in the FIBA U19 and started next to Reggie Perry this year and played really well. Really, he's got a man's body. He's six nine, two thirty five. Um, he's a beast. He's a beast. Um, Vi- Villanova, their key losses this year are going to be Eric Paschal and Phil Booth, and they brought in two stud freshmen, um, Brian Antoine and Robinson Earl, to really fill those spots. Um, now Antoine's hurt, but Robinson Earl should move into that four spot pretty seamlessly. The only problem is there's some other good players there that have a little more tenure, Jeremiah Samuels, Sequitic Bay, people like that. So it might take a little bit for that rotation down low to flesh out and his minutes to kind of stabilize, but the minutes will be there and Earl is going to be a fantastic player. So definitely someone I want on my radar early in the year and someone I want in my lineups waiting for him to break out. Yeah, I like that. They're going to be a very solid team, very deep team and, uh, probably another one of those teams, you know, give give Jay Wright a couple months with them to to figure out those rotations and figure out uh, who the alphas are and and who the mm-hmm. complementary players are, and they'll be they'll be a really fun team to watch mature. Well, and they're in the hottest conference in the nation this year um, in oh the Big East. Gosh. So the Big East is um, going to be amazing. It'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait for our conference previews, but we'll talk about those in a little bit. Um, Bird, you might have to correct me on number twelve's name, but it's Oscar Schwebe. Schwebe for West Virginia. Shibway? 
Shibwe, that's what it is. Yeah, baby. So this is another big, um, and he, he's gonna he's gonna come in and be expected to play right away, right? He is gonna be expected to play right away, and, and physically he is ready to play right away. You know, six nine, two hundred and forty five pound monster of a man. He was McDonald's All American. He was Gatorade Player of the Year. Averaged twenty four points, eighteen rebounds, and five blocks. Those so are they're good gonna numbers. have him. Those are really good numbers. He played really well against some elite talent. You know, he's raw offensively still. But defensively, he's going to be fantastic with Huggins. They're going to have him down low with Derek Culver. And I mean, that's All just Culver's a dominant, right. dominant rebounding team. And, and Huggy Bear, I, I thought West Virginia played way better towards the end of last year. And, and I'm super high on that team. I think they could. I think they can be a top four team in the Big 12 this year and make a huge leap from finishing at the bottom uh, last yeah, year. Yeah, they kind of fell apart last year. Injuries and uh, Connie could never really get it going. Um, yeah, they had a bunch of drama. Yeah, I'm bad guy. Suspensions, people kicked off the team. Yeah, it was a mess. They, they, well, you give Huggins a talent like this in a reset season. Yeah, I agree. This could be a team to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, they'll be able to play some bully basketball down low with the, with those two bigs and you know the hard nosed guards that they always have. Always, there. always. Uh, have. McKay yep. played a lot better at point guard towards the end of the year. Very high on this team, and and, and Oscar Chibwe is just an absolute man. So uh, they'll be fun yeah. to watch. We hit on we on number thirteen on our list was Precious Precious Achua. And we hit on him earlier um, with with the Memphis guys. You know, throw him in as another one of those five star uh, Memphis players who can really is really talented. Is really going to make some right. plays. Um, so, so I feel like we hit on him. Do you want to move on to to fourteen? Yeah, go ahead and do the next one. Yeah. So on number fourteen, we have another Washington Husky, uh, Jaden McDaniel's, and uh, Jaden's a six nine, uh, long, long, skinny kid, seven two wingspan. And you know, the really easy comparison here is Kevin Durant, which he's not Kevin Durant. Um, well, but he's no one a very, is. very skilled, um, very, very athletic uh, player. Can take you out on the perimeter. Really good ball handler, and just has you know those natural gifts that 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 he's been blessed with. On the on the edge of that two three zone, you could see him really you know causing a lot of damage. Not nothing like Thibel did last year, but uh, you know that length in that zone between McDaniel and between Isaiah Stewart that that's going to give Pac twelve teams some fits this year. And you said he's got a little bit of handle, too? He has a ton of handle, yeah. He's really kind of a perimeter-oriented power forward. He's going to be able to, to spread the floor a lot with Isaiah Stewart down, down low, but he's going to bring the rebounding and shot blocking um, defensively in that 2-3 zone. So really good fit. Mike Hopkins said that he's been really surprised with how good he is defensively because he's been kind of touted as an offensive-focused player. But I think he'll be really – he's probably going to take a little bit longer than Isaiah Stewart to get cooking, but ceiling is, is through the roof. All right, uh, I'm gonna move on to 15. So we're we're whipping through this pretty good, which is nice because we have uh, we have some uh, questions from our Twitter followers that we can get to. Um, but at number 15, I got Isaac Okoro, who's a small forward for Auburn this year. Um, we have him at 15. He probably is in the that 30 40 range as well in your top 100 list. 6'6", 215. Um, Bruce Pearl loves this guy. Um, says defensively he can guard positions one through five. Um, says his offensive game is developing. And Auburn's a team. You know they were in the championship game last year, but they lost a ton. They lost a lot of pieces, especially um, in the backcourt. So he's going to end up playing a big. Uh, uh, he's going to end up playing the three, probably a little two, and being forced to handle the ball a little bit more than we want from refreshment. But the opportunity is there immediately for him, and, and he's going to be a special player. 
Yeah, and Bruce Pearl's a player's coach. He's gonna, you know, he's he'll probably have a, uh, you know, unlike some people who have a short leash with a freshman, he he's gonna probably let him play, right? Let him try to be the guy. And yeah, his usage should be great from a DFS perspective. And he'll probably be priced at a at a reasonable price point too. Yeah, and you know that was one of those things last year when you were playing Auburn DFS. Those threes and fours and fives really had a hard time establishing themselves. Everyone was around forty five hundred. You never knew whose turn it was to go off. It was at Wiley, it was at Mclemore, um, and you kind of played roulette. I think Okoro is going to be a little more stable, but definitely starting off the out the year he's going to be in that th- that that mid forty forty five hundred five thousand range, and you're going to be able to catch some some nice games for sure. Yeah, I like that, and that's one of the things you know. What we'll focus on, you know, once we start providing our uh, our daily content, once the slates are out there, is you know, it's, it's what it's all about: trying to find that value, trying to find those guys that are that are mispriced uh, that we can smash with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number sixteen on our list is Onyeka Okongwu, and we're going to go by Big O for Okongwu. Thank goodness. That's, we don't have to that's what the coaches call him too, though. So we're good. We can yeah, go by Big good. O. I think that's what his Twitter handle is. So, so I think we're fine there. So yeah, Okongwu is a you know six nine, two hundred thirty, two hundred forty pounds center they're going to put him next to nick rakovich who obviously last year was a double double machine uh, they also mm-hmm. brought in a five-star mobley and so they have three legit big guys down low i don't know how any infield is gonna it's gonna handle that having three big guys down there <laughs> and how you keep them all on the floor at the same time he's talked about doing that and but, somehow convince them not to play defense well yeah they won't play any defense so that's the beauty <laughs> of it so usc usc games will continue to be hot ones from a dfs perspective you've got three monsters down low and, and oneka i mean he is he is a big guy, great you know, elite defensive instincts, and and a, and a growing offensive game. So he's going to be fun to watch, fun to monitor down in USC. All right, let's get let's get a little guy in here. We've kind of talked about a lot of bigs, um, but we we don't have a ton of ton of little point guards highlighted. But there is one that uh, another one that James was pushing for, uh, despite him being across the pond, um, was uh, DJ Carton, um, the point guard for Ohio State. And I didn't know much about DJ Carton. Um, especially being in the Midwest, so shame on me. But uh, you did a little background on him, didn't you, Bird? Yeah, I did a little bit. This is our lone Big Ten freshman on our list, which kind of makes sense. You know, the Big Ten is a, is a very veteran conference, bringing back a lot of studs, a lot of scoring. Good league. Uh, yeah, really, really good league. So you know, there's some big, there's some freshmen we could have thrown on there, like Franz Wagner from Michigan or Kofi. Tracy Jackson Davis from Indiana. Uh, Kofi Kofi Cockburn Cockburn. from Illinois. But DJ Carton was was the one who made a list for us. The highest rated recruit since D'Angelo Russell at Ohio State. Oh, wow. That's a fun nugget. So CJ Jackson's gone. He was their point guard last year and Woods is gone. Woods is gone. And you know, so CJ Jackson was kind of just just a guy, right? He, He wasn't anything special. He had 23% usage rate, 24% assist rate last year. And Carton is a five star. I mean, he's an elite elite prospect that he should be very, very viable uh, for a team that, that brought back the Wessons, uh, mm-hmm. bringing in a, a strong four-star power forward and Alonzo Gaffney, uh, EJ Liddell from Illinois is going to be there. So he's going to have some options to pass to and, and I think he could be a very, very viable option this year at point guard for for Ohio State. That's that's a that's a really good call. Uh, I really am glad James pointed that one out because I think I think that's going to be someone I'm going to keep an eye on closely this this early part of the season. Let's move on to 18. Um, and, and Bird, this is another one of your guys. It seems like you got the same. You got like 20 of these guys going to the Pac-10. Um, this Dante for Oregon, 6'11", 230. Can you tell me a little more about him? Yeah, basically everything we said about Isaiah Stewart and everything we said about Onyeka Akangu and everything we said about Oscar Toshibe, they all apply here. To so we're talking big, Dante. athletic, 
defense? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, 6'11". Uh, he was a 2020 kid that reclassified to 2019 at the last minute. MVP of the Peach Jam. He had 22 points and 18 rebounds in the championship game. And he's just one of those physically mature kids, elite defensively, uh, growing offensive game. And, you know, Dana Altman, this team kind of, they, they had a lot of question marks going into the offseason. And, and now they're probably the favorite to win the Pac-12 championship this year. Because this kid starts right away at center, doesn't he? He starts right away at center. He's going to be right in the middle of that defense, uh, blocking shots, getting rebounds. And with Peyton Pritchard and with a, a bunch of the transfers that they that they brought in, uh, a lot of youth uh, with some freshmen, they, they have a really, really solid team, a really nice upside. And and Dana Altman, he can coach. He's, he's proved that again and again. That should be a fun team. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't hit a ton on, on the big East uh, and we have a nice one here at number 19 with Romeo Weems. No, I I like, I like that we got Romeo Weems on this list. And, uh, if you think about DePaul, you know, you're probably looking at a program that's a couple years away. And it seems like we say that every year about DePaul, they're a couple years away, but they got some freshmen coming in and Romeo Weems kind of leads that class. This is a team that lost, um, Max Struss and Eli Kane, um, and, and Femi, uh, Olajobi last year who are all, key crucial players um, around their offense. So they bring in this wing, this Romeo Weems, local kid who's going to get unlimited minutes, probably not have any restrictions on his offense. And quite frankly, Bird, he's playing in the Big East, and there isn't a ton of defense in the Big East. There's you know? not a ton of defense there. It's a, it's a beautiful league. It, it is a beautiful league for DFS purposes. And uh, Weems is someone who could come in and have a lot of success right away, which is why he kind of made our list. Yeah, I like that a lot. He's going to be a usage hog. Him and, him and Paul Reed should have a really fun year. They probably won't have a lot to play for other than DFS purposes. That's and, right. That's what and that's we love. fine with us. Yeah, I mean, this team is probably going to be bottom third of the Big East for sure. Um, but at the same time, they're going to go out there every week. They're going to get into running gun shootouts, and it's going to be glorious from a DFS perspective. That's going to be awesome. And, you know, so DePaul doesn't have very many expectations, but the team that's number 20 on our list here, uh, Florida, Florida does. Yes. And so we've got Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann listed here, yes. a little double a little double dip for Florida yeah. there. We're in, yeah, we're in with a double dip because honestly, I, I, I couldn't figure out as the SEC guy which one I wanted to plug. So again, I took liberties and plugged them both. Trey Mann is, uh, you know, this is someone Mike White thought was the best offensive player in the entire class. And he's coming to a team that definitely needs perimeter offense. Noah Locke is there. He's a shooter, but he's not necessarily a creator and offensive player. And Nebhart's a phenomenal true point guard. He's a big shot maker, but he's not a consistent shot maker. You flip the other coin to Scotty Lewis, you get the kid who's a little bit bigger. And man, is he a violent basketball player. He's only 6'5", 185, so he's he's slight, but he plays aggressive. He plays 110 miles per hour. He reminds me, Bert, a little bit of like Thibault last year, where from a DFS perspective, he consistently had good games. He didn't necessarily do it on offense. It was his defense. It was his effort. It was those, you know, all of a sudden, boom, he's got eight rebounds and four assists and three steals and a block, you know, one of those type of players. Yeah, I liked you were talking. We talked earlier today a little bit about him, and you said you were watching some of the mixtapes, and you see some of the the really high recruits, and they're kind of – you know, they're dogging it and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of flashy. Best players and, and on the maybe, floor. Yeah, but just just best players on the floor. But but this guy was just a bulldog, pit bull out there. Yeah, he, he went after it. He got after it. It was it was pretty – his mixtape was probably one of the more fun ones I watched because there were no plays off. And that, yeah. that's something that can be rare to find in five-star mixtapes. You know, they, a lot of times they're just cherry-picking so they can do the between-the-legs 360 dunk like I used to do back in the day. Yes, you did. You did a lot of uh, – well, 
<laughs> on the seven foot rim. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe the six foot rim. All right. Well, that wraps up our top twenty bird. Um, is there anyone else we missed? Anyone? Anyone that um, that that we might have overlooked or that? Yeah, might, I mean, there's there's yeah. some borderline guys. I'm sure there's some people here and there we could have put on there. Uh, Devion Harmon, I think, is one guy from Oklahoma. He's going to be the starting point guard from day one uh, for a Lon Kruger team that, that that has some returning talent. I, I think he's going to be on the floor all game long, a, a fun, long, defensive-minded lefty. Uh, I think he could be a very good player. He, he easily could have made this list. Um, but overall, I mean, you gotta you got to pick and choose. Was there any, you know, so we, we kind of focused on more top 50, top top 75 type of guys. Are, are there any deep sleepers that you have, Joe, that you'd like to talk about from a freshman perspective? Like you want like a deep, deep cut that I've been like reading a, about like that's been deep, catching my eye? Cut. All right, I got a deep one for you. Um, there's a there's a seven-footer from the Netherlands. His name's Quentin Post, and he's at Mississippi State. Ben Holland's been raving about him. He's uh, He's got a little bit of handle. He's got a nice jumper. He's been shooting threes at that international line his whole life. So, you know, he's he's got a nice stroke. And if you think about what Mississippi State wants to do, which is have Perry and potentially Adu down low and then surround him with perimeters, a stretch four, like this seven-foot Quinton post, the way Holland's talking about him, I think there's something brewing here, something special. It might be something to keep an eye out for. Wow. What about you? You got any deep cuts? I, that, that's a strong one. I like that one a lot. I love yeah, my some Netherlands post. Heat. Yeah. Um, there's a, on YouTube, you can find a little, it's like a, a little mixtape of him, a little three gamer where it shows highlights from his three games. So he's got a nice stroke, good pull up. Um, and you know, he's obviously over there overseas. He's playing professional basketball at 17, you know, so this is a kid who's not going to be intimidated, which is nice. I like that a lot. That's a, that's a strong one. Um, I'll go with I, probably not as much of a sleeper, um, but Joseph Gerard, the third three-star recruit that's going to be going to Syracuse. He averaged 49 points a game as a senior. That's a lot. 49, over 4,000 points in his career. Not the highest recruited guy, but you know, Syracuse has lost Howard. They've lost Battle. They've lost Brissett. Uh, Syracuse shot uh, 229th from three last year. They need offense. This guy brings. It sounds offense. like this guy's got it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a match made in heaven. You know, the, the comparison is, he a guard? is Jim or Fredette. Is he a guard? Is, is he big? He is. is he a guard? He's a, he's a guard. Yep. He's a, he's a six, one guard. Uh, Jim or Fredette is, is the, who they've compared him to. He's not going to be Jim but this guy could fill it up. And that Syracuse team is going to need to find some scoring options. So I could see him making his way on the floor. Is he like the new McNamara then? Yeah. Probably not as skilled. Um, right. It sounds like he's just a pure. Sure. Just, a sh- just a shot head. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a shot head, but he'll be fun to watch. I like it. Well, hey, I'm getting ready to put a bow on this thing if you're good with that. But I want to I want to take a moment. We did ask uh, the the Twitterverse at at CBBDFS is our Twitter handle, and we asked uh, our bucketheads, our followers, if they had any questions or anything they wanted to answer. And Bert, I got two here um, that we got in here. And I was wondering if I could ask them and you could field them if that's all right. Yeah, sounds good. I'm ready. I got my glove ready. All right. <laughs> All right. Hot, hot, hot grounders coming at you. Um, the first one here was, uh, uh, in your podcast, can you touch on the roster construction for DFS? How do you pick the games that are best to pool players from? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and I think, you know, we'll give a basic answer for now. My, my, my long answer would be, uh, you know, just make sure to read our articles every day. You know, we're going to have a breakdown of the slate every day. We're going to focus on on a lot of different variables. But the tried and true thing is we want to find players that, that play the most minutes, that have the highest usage, that, that are in the highest tempo games we can find. We mm-hmm. want the highest over-unders. We want the fastest pace. We want the most possessions. The thing that we'll provide during the year 
in our breakdowns is, is the pricing. You know, pricing is also the, is another key element of this, probably the most important. It and is. trying to find those mispriced guys and making sure that we're hitting our value plays where we can so we can spend up and get the studs that are in the best spot to, to produce. Anything you'd add to that? No, I, I think you're dead on. And, and when pricing comes out and we have tangible examples that we can talk about, I think we can revisit this question when we talk about what 4X is, what 5X is, because that's some of the language we'll be saying throughout the year. And when you hear about getting 8X and that sort of stuff, you know, that's when the pricing will make a lot more sense when we talk about how you construct a roster with that, with, with pricing in mind. Yep, that's a great, great point, Joe. Um, and then uh, – Kind of a follow-up to his question, there was also a secondary thing about what website do you encourage someone to go to if they're looking to find stats and info on CBB players? Well, I mean, KenPom.com is, is our Bible. How much is that? Nineteen ninety-nine for a year? Ken Pomeroy site, yes. And, and that truly is the best site. It's going to give you all the information about uh, tempo. It's going to give you... Uh, the game logs in a very easy to read format. It's going to show you the average amount of minutes a player plays, the average usage that they have, their assist rates, their defensive rates. It, it has, it really has everything that you would need. We will give probably a shout out here to the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Overview, the Bible there. That's something that we get every year. Uh, I think it's also super cheap, like 20 bucks or something like that. But it gives very thorough, in-depth breakdowns of each team. I think those are the two best resources just for overall content. Otherwise, you know, the, the stats you can find out on ESPN or CBS Sports or, or whatever. Yeah, and I- and I'll, I'll add to that, the Blue Ribbon, especially early in the season when you don't really know what's going on and you get things like North Carolina playing Towson, you know, when you yeah. get that game, they're going to have a six paragraphs on Towson and you're going to have a good feel for what they're bringing to the table and what style of basketball they're playing. So Blue Ribbon, especially early in the year, is an awesome resource. Um, they have a, a PDF version that you can just have on your desktop and it's it's really slick. Ken Palm, you know, I was new to Ken Palm last year and it takes a little while. It's a little intimidating when you first get into it because it's a lot of numbers and it's a lot of percentage-based numbers. Like what percentage of the possessions are do they have the ball? What percentage of the points are they accounting for? But once you settle in and stick with it, it paints this beautiful picture for you. So I can't say enough about Ken Palm site. And then honestly, Bird, one big plug you missed there is our website, cbb-dfs.com. You know, while we put out our previews. We used to do it on Twitter. Any necessary information or metric that we see in our research as we're talking about a slate or a game, it's going to be in the text. It might not be right in front of you or it might not be something you can hunt and pack in a certain field on a Ken Palm. But if we notice a pace is of a game is going to be super high, we're definitely going to call it out for you. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think, uh, you know, last year we used most of our content was over Twitter. Uh, this year we're going to be on the on our website uh, cbb-dfs.com, and it, it's going to it has a beautiful layout. The layout looks fantastic on mobile phones as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, we're going to have everything you could possibly need to to absolutely smash lineups this year. And think of, speaking of which, um, the website got a little bit of content. We did a coach's piece uh, a week ago. And then starting next week, twice a week, we're going to drop conference previews. Now, these conference previews are going to be from a DFS perspective. Um, we'll give you a little bit about how we think the conference is going to play out. But for the most part, we want to focus on what players we like, um, what we think the upside is. We'll touch on not just some of the fresh ones we mentioned here today, but some of the returning players, some of the transfers that we talked about in our last pod. All of this stuff is going to be brought together into one easy-to-read 
college basketball preview from a DFS perspective. Ah, it's glorious. It, it, it's, it's been so much fun just doing the the research and, and really diving into this year. We're, we're going to win all the money this year, Bucketheads. Yes, all of every, 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 every bit. So we'll have our conference previews out for you coming up in the next couple of weeks. And Bird, outside of that, we're hoping to have a third pod maybe right before the tip-off of the season. Hopefully you have some pricing, right? Yeah, once those slates come out, uh, you can you can expect a, a very long pod going detailed into each of those games, uh, really focusing on that. And then, yeah, the conference previews will be out on the website here shortly. And Bucketheads, we're working hard behind the scenes. Uh, we're going to be there for you all year long. Can't wait. Well, appreciate you guys listening tonight. And, and, and Joe, great job, buddy. Yeah, great job. James, we miss you. 